I would really recommend to find local specialists with practical experience who will help you to develop your business, to build a structure and things like that. Because you, you need not a person who can read the law, but the person who know how to implement the law in this particular environment. So it's very important to work with local people who knows the culture, the specifics, who has practice doing business here in Russia. Welcome to the Going Global podcast, brought to you by Globalization Partners. Hire anyone, anywhere, quickly and easily. Use our AI-driven, automated, fully compliant global employment platform powered by our in-house worldwide HR experts with a 98% customer satisfaction rating. Globalization partners succeed faster. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Going Global, the podcast where leaders in high growth companies tell us their own stories of going global and building global remote teams. I'm your host, Diego Mendiburu, and remember that you can find all episodes of this show on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. On today's show, we're interviewing Marina Golubenseva. She's partner at Belarus Alinga, one of the top five accounting outsourcing providers for international companies in Russia. Her company offers support to clients with business setup, accounting, and tax reporting, CFO services, tax consulting, legal services, IT, audit, transformation, and consolidation services. Hello, Marina, and welcome. Hello. Thank you for this perfect introduction, but I have to correct you. Because uh, in accordance with the latest review, we're in top three, but oh. not top five. Oh, that's great to hear. Congratulations on that. And of course, the whole idea of this conversation is for you to explain us exactly why you are such a group of experts and why you are the best ones to help people trying to do business in, in Russia. So. I want to ask you, doing business in any country in the world represents and has particular challenges. So what are the most common mistakes foreign companies make when entering specifically the Russian market based on your experience? Uh, yeah, you know, Russia is an open market now mm -hmm. and we welcome all the investments from every country in the world. But sometimes we meet people who are going to do the business in Russia the way they do it in their origin countries. This is the mistake, because Russia still has its specifics. First of all, in Russia, business is still people-to-people -people thing. And it's very important to have a personal relations with mm. key people in your business. Employees, suppliers, distributors, all kinds of partners you are going to communicate here in Russia. And, you know, it's not possible to develop successfully in Russia without such kind of personal contact. So if you're going to do business in Russia, come visit Russia, meet your people, meet your key employees, and it will help you to do the successful business here. Now, as we know, the world has gone through this incredible remote work revolution. So I wonder how to connect with people virtually, remotely, when trying to do business in Russia. In Russia, it's important to have a personal contact, possibly on the first stage, possibly not on today, day-to-day -day basis. But still, it's important to know each other, you know, physically, mm. not only remotely, not only by conference calls. Another big thing here about uh, business culture is, especially when you are going to do the business together with some kind of Russian partner, you should remember that here in Russia, we have more short-term approach to investments. We want to get our money back soon, like 
in three years. So you should remember that when you are going to establish business together with Russian partners. Because I know that in Germany or in the United States, people have more long-term plans than we here. So it's important to believe, to remember about that when you communicate, when you negotiate with your potential partners here in Russia. Surely the big thing is uh, tax legislation, administrative legislation, all these legal things, which are pretty specific here in Russia in comparison with Europe, for example. So it's very important to remember that our legislation is not the same that European countries have. For instance, one of the you know most common examples from this sphere, in Russia, in our tax legislation, we do not have cost-sharing concept when we are talking about intra-group transactions. And if you're going to make a Russian subsidiary a part of the group, you should develop specific procedure for allocation of intra-group expenses to Russian subsidiary. And, you know, it creates a lot of questions between Russian subsidiary and head company, at the beginning at least. For example, VIT treatments can be different than you expect them to be. Our electronic services are available here in Russia, and the company which are providing e-services to Russian customers should be registered for VIT purposes here in Russia, even in case if this is not electronic services company, if this company is just sharing costs for, say, SAP license to Russian subsidiaries, still such company should be registered here in Russia for VIT purposes. That's strange, but this is the law. So one more thing I would mention here, Russian legislation is still developing, is still changing. And if you made your plans like two, three years ago, and these plans didn't happen, for example, for travel restrictions, you should check if they are still valid, because a lot of things changing now, especially after the pandemic. So. Uh, you know, can surprise foreigners because I know that in Europe or in the US, the tax legislation, administrative laws are pretty stable. It's not the case for Russia. So yeah. you should remember about that. <laughs> so we started with the challenges, but I guess a better question to begin this conversation should have been, what makes Russia particularly attractive for companies right now? And what kind of industries or businesses would make sense, you know, in a better way right now when trying to do business in Russia? I mean, I, I guess an obvious answer would be the overall size and population of the country. But also, I guess it has to do a lot with the talent that you can find in Russia. But please tell us what makes Russia attractive for companies and what kind of industries should look towards Russia in order to expand and grow their business. Uh, you know, Russia is a big market. It's still not uh, full of services and products. There is a still space to develop here for, I believe, all industries. In Russia nowadays, IT sector is uh, very supported by government. So for IT companies, companies in electronic, digital industries, Russia is very, very attractive. You know, Russia is well known by its program developers, e-people, digital specialists, and we are still, you know, in, on good rate in that kind of talent. So possibly IT industries are very welcomed here in Russia in terms of finding talents on competitive prices if we compare them with Silicon Valley, for example. Possibly medical industries, pharma industries can find something interesting here. Remember our success with vaccine? 
Sputnik is a success of Russian medicine or Russian pharma industry. And we have a bunch of good specialists in this sphere. So IT, medicine, and really a lot of industries can benefit from Russian markets opportunities. You just mentioned talent and specifically people in the IT sector, developers, programmers. So do you see changes in the way companies are looking and hiring that talent because of obviously now the standardization of remote work? Now it's, I would imagine, easier to to hire someone in Russia because they can work in their country for a company anywhere in the world. Do you see that? Do you see like an expansion and more companies looking for talent in Russia? Yes, I can say yes. <laughs> and uh, foreign companies look at talents here in Russia and Russian companies looking talents outside mm. of Russia. Because yes, for such kind of digital business, when you need your professional skills more than your communicating skills, and you know that IT people are often about professionalism, not about communication. <laughs> so for them, this remote regime is really beneficial thing. And yes, foreign companies attract Russian specialists to work for them remotely without employing them, but just having specialists here in Russia. And uh, Russian companies are looking for specialists in other countries. And uh, Russian IT people relocate to, you know, regions with nicer climate, <laughs> like Thailand, for instance, or Cyprus, just because they can work from anywhere in the world and their business allow them to do that. So yes, remote regime is for IT people. It's beneficial for them. It's good for them. Yeah, I totally agree. So which are your top tips that you always share to companies when they express interest in expanding into Russia? Yeah, I already told about legislation specifics. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to check how you are going to build your business model in Russia before you come to Russia. Actually, we meet a lot of situations when people firstly come and then think about the structure of future business. This is the mistake. It will cost you a lot mm -hmm. when you meet some kind of restrictions or unexpected things doing business here in Russia. So first, my advice is check how you are going to arrange business here in Russia, taking into account all the legal specific and all requirements and restrictions which may apply to your business. It's very important to remember that theory and practice are not always equal. <laughs> so I would really recommend to find local specialists with practical experience who will help you to develop your business, to build a structure and things like that. Because you, you need not a person who can read the law, but the person who know how to implement the law in this particular environment. So it's very important to work with local people who knows the culture, the specifics, who has practiced doing business here in Russia. And um, again, personal contact. Yeah. It's not enough to sign a paper remotely and start working here. If you want to build real trust, real loyalty with your employees, with your partners, it's important to have a personal contact. Nowadays, via conference calls, via video conferences, and as soon as it's possible, personal physical contact really important. And I would imagine that you and Belarus Linga can help companies in all these aspects and, and a few more. Please tell us about that. 
Yeah, what we are doing here more than 20 years now, we are helping international companies come to the market, establish business here, develop business and do business mm. on a you know, continuously way. So we can help with registration of the structure, with developing tax and operational model, with supporting your operations. We are not doing your business instead of you because, you know, it's not possible to be specialist in all spheres. But what we can help with is accounting, tax, migration and registration laws, legal aspects and negotiations with your partners. Because in some situations, it's very important to have somebody local at the table of negotiations to avoid you know, mistakes and discrepancies or disagreements with a potential partner. Mm -hmm. So yes, we are ready to help our international clients to develop here successfully. Do you have in your mind like one specific example, it can remain anonymous, but a good example, you know, of an organization that faced a specific challenge and how you managed to help them overcome it? Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of companies may have met some problems here because Russia is specific and foreign uh, people, foreign controllers or people who are making decisions not always understand clearly how to do formal or administrative things here. So, you know, a recent uh, sample when the company opened here LLC mm -hmm. and they tried a limited liability company, so it's legal entity, and they tried to develop their non-commercial operations via this structure. Because in Russia, you can have a non-commercial structure, branch or representative office of international companies, but not everybody abroad knows about that option. And uh, we meet very often situations when people open the structure, which is, should be commercial in accordance with Russian law, but they're trying to do non-commercial things. Mm -hmm. And they meet, you know, strange uh, restrictions and strange problems on that way. So what we recommended to our clients was to close the company, close the legal entity and to open the non-commercial structure which will allow them, without any limitations, invest into developing, marketing, and looking for new clients without any necessity to pay Russian commercial taxes or follow Russian commercial laws. Often mistake which arise from the fact that the company didn't investigate Russian law before they decided to register something here in Russia. I would say that it's better to invest into good advice when invest to the, you know, fixing the future mistakes, it will be more costly. Totally. So we already mentioned how Russia is a great place to find IT talent and developers and people in, in technology sector. So can you tell us more about the recent tax incentives in the IT sector that might make Russia uh, globally more competitive as an IT development place? Yes, this is an interesting question because Russian government supported IT sector here in Russia through several years now. Starting from 2016 or 17, IT companies had beneficial corporate profit tax rates in some regions, not on all country, but in some regions. They had beneficial social charges rates say 14% instead of 30 for all other companies. So IT sector was supported. But after the pandemic, our government made IT sector a high priority industry for Russia. So they implemented new benefits for IT companies. We call it IT manure. 
So nowadays, all IT companies pay corporate profit tax at rate of 3% instead of 20. Wow. And social uh, charges rate decreased for them down to 7.6% instead of 14 during previous six years and instead of 30% for the rest of the companies. So 3% of corporate profit tax, I believe it's pretty competitive. And all this insensitive uh, aimed to make Russia attractive for innovation industries, for IT sector, for new investments in digital sphere. And, you know, uh, we already see some results because uh, one big international bank, for example, relocated their R&D team from India to Russia, and they have such beneficial conditions to develop their IT business. So I believe it's it's good. And all IT companies are welcome to Russia to develop here, to invest in Russia, to find Russian people to work for them. And you're easily connected to Europe and Asia. So I guess that's also a a big opportunity geographically, but as you said, in terms of talent and, and tax incentives. Now, those are amazing numbers and figures. So I wonder how you internally in Belarus Linga How relevant is technology for your daily operation and how has the standardization of remote work changed how you connect and and work with your clients and how you use technology to do that? You know, in Bilirasha Lingo, we spent last 10 years developing our technological part. And nowadays, we believe we are technological leader in our industry because uh, we developed our own platform, our own application. We call it Bilirasha Online. It's a Mm -hmm. trademark. (laughs) Uh, And uh, this application helps us to communicate to our clients. It helps us to arrange our routine operations in a very practical and technological way. It helps us to decrease time needed to process routine and, you know, board operations. And we can spend more time to develop uh, interesting and intellectual functions for our clients. So when the pandemic and lockdown came last year, we were ready. So it was, you know, one day operation, everybody came home and we worked without any breaks from homes and we supported our clients without any holidays or vacations. We were prepared, actually, and we are continuing this uh, technological development. We believe that there are a lot of things which could be automized, but you still need people to do the intellectual things, to do the complicated things. So we want to automize uh, all routine operations, you know, to make um, a robot accountant who will process your daily operations. But we are going to be a partner, a financial advisor to our clients, helping them to do their things right. Yeah, I mean, technology is nothing without the human touch. And I guess for a company like yours, like that personal communication and advice, one-on-one advice is essential for the success of your clients, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we live in a strange time because nowadays I have new clients who I never met before we came into assignment. It's really strange because it's normal to meet people, to know them better, to build uh, trust via physical presence at the meetings. But nowadays, yeah, I have clients who communicated to me only via video conferences. And nowadays we have a contract, we work together. And I'm looking for the time (laughs) when we can meet personally 
I believe it's still important, this person-to-person contact. Surely we have to adjust ourselves to this new reality with all these restrictions and remote regimes and all these uh, new technologies, instruments we can use now. But yeah, strange situation. We are trying to adjust to it. But I am still looking for the time when we can meet personally. So I guess, yeah, technology is changing so fast. So where do you see your firm in the next five to 10 years? And I guess we could also ask, how do you see Russia in terms of this growth for international businesses and and, and talent? How do you see your company in Russia in the next five to 10 years? Uh, You know, Russia is developing. And in spite of all the difficulties, political and pandemic and all the restrictions, Russia is developing. It's growing up. We see new investments. We see new companies in Russia. So even when the world is, you know, closed, we still have newcomers to Russian market from Europe, from US. So business is not politics. Business is developing. And it's good to know about that. It's good that we have new clients coming to our company. We have new investments, new factories, new businesses, services here in Russia. So I believe that Russia will continue the growth, the globalization. It will be more open five years than it's now. So it's getting better and better, really. What for my company? We're already on top three in our industry. It's good. But we are going to spend next years to stay on that positions, to be a solid partner for our current clients and to be demanded by potential ones. So I want to get new clients. I want to see my company bigger, not only in terms of volumes, but also in terms of services, in terms of talents, in terms of new competences. So I am going to develop my company. I'm going to develop my people. I want to see them experienced, demanded. So we're going to grow. And finally, a lot of people believe that, you know, uh, the standardization of remote work is truly like the last stage of globalization where we're truly starting to work with more global teams on a regular basis without, you know, having language or even time zones as barriers, but truly connecting with people all over the world on daily operations, you know? So do you agree with that? Do you think that remote work will also help us overcome cultural differences between countries and make it easier for companies to go global and also for employees, you know, to connect with people from anywhere in the world in in an easier way without all these stereotypes that we sometimes have in our minds? How to say, you know, getting in touch became easier. So we can uh, be in contact with people from any country. But, you know, to develop geographically new markets, it's not enough to do only remote communications. You still need local people. You still have to understand business culture or communication culture. And, you know, especially when we are talking to people from Asia, for example, simple yes can easily mean no. And listening is not uh, mean hearing. So it's important to know how to do business. And you still need locals who will help you to avoid such, you know, stupid miscommunications when you communicate with people from other countries. So yes, globalization. Yes, easier contacts. Yes, possibly less important communication skills for certain type of specialists, but Still, personal touch is needed and still culture, ethics, some, you know, specifics will be there. I don't think they, you know, dismissed so soon as it could be expected. 
I, as a Latin American, agree with you. Always knowing someone in person and having a good time talking together makes a big difference when doing any kind of deal, business, or project. But even more so if you're talking about big investments and expanding into new countries. So, Marina, thank you very much for your time. This has truly been a, an eye-opening conversation about Russia and how to do business there. Yes, thank you. It was a pleasure to come to talk to you. And that's it. This is the end of our show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can find all past episodes on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you are planning to hire a new global team member, remember that Globalization Partners makes it easy to onboard international talent in a matter of days. Go to globalization-partners.com to get started. If you are planning to hire a new global team member, Globalization Partners makes it easy to onboard international talent in a matter of minutes. Go to globalization-partners.com to get started.